0: Hello, I'm John Donvan, host and moderator of Intelligence Squared US. In this special podcast, we're turning our attention to one of our former panelists, Ayan Hirsi Ali, who became the center of a media firestorm this week when Brandeis University reversed its decision to grant her an honorary degree. The school also revoked its invitation for her to speak at the upcoming commencement ceremony. Ali was born in Somalia to a Muslim family, and she is now an activist and writer. She is revered by women's rights advocates, but her outspokenness against Islam offended many in the Brandeis community. The university said in a statement quote, She is a compelling public figure and advocate for women's rights, and we respect and appreciate her work to protect and defend the rights of women and girls throughout the world. That said, We cannot overlook certain of her past statements that are inconsistent with Brandeis University's core values. Well, what are some of those statements? We can hear some of them in the Intelligence Squared U.S. debate from October 6, 2010, where she spoke against the motion Islam is a religion of peace. We will also hear from her opponents in the debate. First, here is Ayan Hirsi Ali arguing in her opening statement that Islam is inherently a religion of conflict
1: and you look at a religion like Islam, on an intellectual level, it was expressed by the founder of Islam as a demolition of all other gods. From those of you who are familiar with history, you know that no monotheistic religion can be a religion of peace. Monotheistic religions know periods, lengthy periods of peace, but they also know lengthy periods of war. The founder of Islam, Muhammad, in his lifetime, conducted 65 campaigns of war that were all successful. That history of militarism, combined with the legacy of empire, those two points alone belie the motion tonight that Islam is a religion of peace. But that's not all. When empires decline... Those who are defeated sometimes find themselves in a state of victimhood. A mentality of victimhood tells those who are conquered, who are vanquished, that the problem was caused by external powers, not by us. Yes, it was external. Yes, Muslims were humiliated. Yes, they were conquered. Yes, they were colonized. But how much was also because of the flaws of Islam? That combination of a status of victimhood and the absolutism the demand that you can never revise or reflect on the quran that you can never never ever refute what muhammad said you can only follow his example is also enlarges the likelihood of conflict that belies the motion
0: Next, we hear from Majid Nawaz, who grew up in the UK, but had spent some time in an Egyptian prison for his radical Islamist views. In his opening statement, he described how he learned to separate Islam itself from the radical views that he once held. What I learned was that I had
2: been extremely arrogant. I had failed to contextualize history. And when I was this young and angry 24-year-old who, yes, had grievances, who'd been stabbed at multiple times growing up on the streets of Essex, been falsely arrested on a number of occasions because of racial profiling, I was a very angry young man. But I went to men in prison who had been in prison since I was three years old, and they had abandoned their previous terrorist ideology, and I had the arrogance to try and convince them that they had sold out, that they didn't understand that true Islam was a religion of war, And they said to me, young lad, come and sit down, we'll tell you a story or two. And over the course of the four years, after having learnt Arabic, after having memorised half of the Quran, after having studied the theology, I came to the conclusion that Islam had been hijacked and abused and politicised by something that I now refer to as Islamism. And these former jihadists, among them the assassins of Egypt's former president, Anwar Sadat, who was killed in 1981, they had come to the same conclusions. And so I appeal to all of you, as my time runs out, there's much more to say, to vote to help us all to redefine this motion, to redefine this world, because only by by refusing to accept the paradigms that we find imposed upon us can we refute change. Thank you for your patience and thank you for your time.
0: In the question and answer section of the debate, Majid Nawaz began a discussion about whether we can take the words of the holy books of various religions literally or whether we should judge them by considering the context in which they were written. You will also hear counter-arguments from Ayan Hirsi Ali and Douglas Murray. There's a
2: tendency when discussing Islam to suspend the tools that we have learnt and studied, that you have studied as well, and that is that we recognize that texts do not speak for themselves. We recognize that when we interpret scriptures and texts and books and poetry, that they are contextualized, that we have methodologies to approach them. When we're reading Shakespeare, when we're reading anything, we recognize that there's a way to interpret texts, and there are schools of thought and differences over how to approach texts. Now, if we contextualize Martin Luther and say the Reformation was a good thing, despite the fact that he said, kill and slay the peasants, where wherever you find them, when they followed Thomas Munzer, when he was calling for not just breaking away from the papal authority, but also for rebelling against the monarchies and the dictators that they found themselves in. Despite that, I'm prepared to say the Reformation was a good thing. And the reason I'm prepared to say that is that Martin Luther must not be judged by the standards of civilization that we, after an accumulation of thousands of years, have arrived at. He must be judged by the standards of civilization that were around during his time.
0: What we've learned about that,
2: and quote verbatim from texts.
3: Yes, we read things in their context. I mean, you read Chaucer in context. Chaucer doesn't have followers. We, we, don't, we don't have followers of Shakespeare who insist on, uh, or meant to be insist on line by line following everything Shakespeare did and believing everything he wrote. That's because it's literature. Actually, what's happening, Majid, is you're single, you've, point, you've put your finger on the problem. It's not us that isn't applying the rigorous critical faculties. We're applying them to the Koran as we would to any other work of literature. You're not, because you can't. And, and, and the final thing what, on that, what do you if, mean he Majid, can't? if Majid... What, what do you mean that
0: he can't, Douglas? Just...
3: Well, because Majid knows very well that a believer that and believers true. are
1: not allowed to contextualize the Sorry, text. Can I, can, can, right.
2: Is it that true? No, it's not true. Now, can I say... What do you that think that of as Mohammed many...
1: taking a six-year-old as a bride? What do you okay, think of that?
2: I don't think that's a particularly good idea. However, <laughs> what I would say is... Glad to hear it. There are many, many people we in history that have done such a thing. And what we're talking about here is the failure to contextualise actions for the standards of their time. And I'll come back to the point I made, because, Douglas, yeah. you didn't yeah. address it, despite I'm your protestations that you were so. going to. Now, let me just ask you again. Martin Luther was a fundamentalist, yes. wasn't he?
3: If they were currently Lutheran... There are Lutherans around. You meet them occasionally in Scandinavia and so on. Very nice... Very nice it is. And peaceable, guys, they are, by and large. If, however there was a large proportion of Lutherans somewhere in Scandinavia that started blowing up non-Lutherans, or no, sorry, let's be absolutely right, started massacring peasants. Do you think the people would say, hang on a minute, let's not criticise Martin Luther, he did that by the standards of his time, we shouldn't criticise his followers all that much, and we shouldn't point out what he said and so on." no, we just say, you know, don't
0: go and massacre peasants, full stop. Later in the debate, I asked a question about the status of women in Islam. This led to an exchange between Zeba Khan, who was arguing for the motion that Islam is a religion of peace, and Dayan Hirsi Ali, who was arguing against that motion.
4: The perception is that for a lot of people out looking at the Muslim world and Muslim majority countries is that Muslim women are subjugated to a point where they are intimidated to ask for their rights and to, to demand them. But that's... Not the case. I mean, when you look at uh, Muslim majority countries, if you look at Iran, for example, where there's zero gender gap in education, obviously, when you're that when you're at that level of education, you're you're aware of what your rights are and what you're what you are demanding. Um, in places like Afghanistan or Pakistan, where the where where the gender gap is larger, that gap obviously needs to be filled. There, it's not. It's it's women that are stepping up and taking the lead on this.
0: Other side response.
4: When I
1: try to define Islam as a religion, religion there is expression. You find in the Quran is expression after expression, verse after verse, and also in the Hadith, that women are subordinate to men, that they have a guardian. They need to have a guardian. Their testimony is worth half of that of men. In, they can only inherit what, half of what their brother inherits. You see honor killings. You see women who are denied education. If you look on a global level, the levels of illiteracy among women in the Middle East is appalling. That's not something that I'm telling you because I misunderstand Islam, but that is report after report. The situation of women in the Middle East in Muslim countries is dire. And Ziba, I think that denying that, I then try to question where does your solidarity lie as a woman who grew up in a free country and as vocal as you are, shouldn't you be more solidar with them?
4: I absolutely am, and as all women should be, and actually all human beings should, to, to demand the rights of equality. In fact, most Muslims want equal rights for, their, for the women in their societies. And if it goes to just go to the research, go to the polls. When you ask men, should women have equal rights? Majority in the countries surveyed in, in, in the Gallup survey said yes, they should have equal rights, including in Saudi Arabia.
0: Majid Nawaz also made the argument that suicide bombers do not represent the views of Muslims as a whole. You will hear him here with opposing arguments from Douglas Murray and Diane Hersi Ali.
2: It takes one person to kill all of us here, one person, in a suicide bombing. Now, if we were scared of saying what we're saying now because of that one person, it doesn't mean all of us love war and hate peace in any way whatsoever. It means we all fear that one person who could walk through that door with a suicide bomb jacket strapped to his chest. If if we were discussing Quakerism
3: here tonight... Does anyone think that when a Quaker said, I'm quite fearful about speaking up against certain things, come on, this only happens with Islam. There is no other major faith in the to world true, today Douglas, where it is the case be, that for, people for that, are fearful of for, addressing religion because they're afraid they'll be killed.
0: For that to of being
1: killed by apostates. Yes, and many for, of you who came here tonight came under unusual circumstances. Just, I mean just Can a you normal, explain what response.
0: you mean by unusual circumstances?
1: Unusual circumstances? You went through metal detectors to come to address Debate in New York. The, par- the people that I am protected against, and you as an audience too, the individual who wants to kill me because I'm an apostate of Islam is inspired, inspired to do that from the scripture of Islam.
2: Sure. So I tell you, he's inspired by the very same interpretation of Islam that you have. He's not inspired by Islam. He's inspired by your interpretation of it. That is Bin Laden's interpretation I'm of it. Sorry. That is Sayyid Qutb's interpretation wait, 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 of it. Wait, wait, wait. And I've got to oh, say one last wait. thing. No, wait, no, because wait, wait, wait. I've got to say one last thing. I have an Al-Qaeda death threat on my head too because I'm saying what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is that, and I've been attacked in Pakistan physically for saying this. What I'm saying is enough to extremism, enough to terrorism. Let's separate Islam from extremism and disempower the minority of extremism. Who are trying to hijack a good faith?
0: Do these debate samples help you form an opinion on Ayan Hersi Ali and the situation at Brandeis University? Well, if you want to hear more, the full debate from Intelligence Squared US on the motion Islam is a Religion of Peace is available at intelligencesquaredus.org, where you can browse through our past debates. The debate we have just featured was held on October 6th, 2010. Join us for our next debate on May 7th in New York City when the motion will be, death is not final. You can find tickets on our website, intelligencesquaredus.org. And if you can't make it to the event, you can stream the full video of the debate on our website, or you can download our podcast. And you can cast your vote on all of our debates on our website, intelligencesquaredus.org. Thank you so much for listening, and remember to think twice.